peace, y'all. You're tuned into the Edible Activist Podcast. I am your host and favorite go-to edible activist, Melissa L. Jones. On this show, we serve up empowering narratives and fresh perspectives straight from the voices of emerging Black people and people of color in agriculture and business. And in these candid conversations, we might sprinkle in a few choice words. They're the ones stewarding the land, healing communities, and championing food justice and economic empowerment across the country. Their contributions and stories sprouted from the earth, truly embody the spirit of activism in their own unique edible ways. So let's dig in and get started. And welcome to the Edible Activist Podcast. I am your host and favorite edible activist, Melissa L. Jones, coming at you with another phenomenal episode. I am super excited because I have another amazing guest in the studio who is going to become an edible alum, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> I have in studio with me Juliet Harris, affectionately known as Juju. So we're going to call her Juju throughout the yeah. show. <laughs> And so I'm just excited to have this conversation with Juju because I've been knowing Juju for some years and we finally got her in the studio. Um, Juju is is passionate about, you know, the connection between health and food. Um, She is a gardener. She's a self-taught cook. um, And she really, she's in the community and she is working with community with a special focus on eating well on a budget. Um, And she's, she's also, she's an author. Um, she's a traveler, which we're going to talk more about, but I'm just really excited to talk about all of Juju's passions that, that kind of fuse together, um, and melt into this beautiful pot of cooking and gardening and writing and doing what she's passionate about in terms of like teaching the community that you can eat healthy on a budget. Um, and want to talk more about your book that you, that you, that you created and, and authored, you know, um, not too long ago. So welcome to the show, Juju. Thank you for having me. It's so cool to be here. Yay! (laughs) So I would be remiss to not talk about, like, go back a few years ago. Like, I don't remember exactly how we met, but that doesn't matter because I met you, (laughs) and that's just the point, right? Uh And so... um, this is pre-pandemic, and I was doing some rooftop events mm-hmm. um, at Uptop Acres, who yeah, I have yeah. to shout out in yep. D.C., and um, somehow Juju and I connected, and we were doing, like, some dinners and, like, some different tastings and, like, food talks, and actually Juju shared her story on the rooftop. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Now it's coming back to me. Um, but the thing that stuck out the most was Juju's food. <laughs> The woman can cook her ass off. That's funny. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And when I could find someone who can like really cook, like really just blend things very well, just does a damn good job at it, like that person is my friend forever. Ask a few other people. <laughs> come over and let me feed you then. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's not the first time you said that. See, Juju yes. is awesome. Juju rocks. Juju rocks. <laughs> And so I say that to say that I have been so blessed to meet so many people in the food space, and Juju is one of them. And um, just to, you know, catch up with you, Juju, now 2023, 
and just still see like your passion for, you know, teaching people and educating the community on not just how to cook a good meal, but like the reality that food is expensive Mm. and that you can still eat well and still make something of sustenance. Um, I think I said that word right. Um, But also like blend something together that's beautiful. And I think like you are the master of that. Um, And so, and I know that there's a whole background story, you know, your dad dealt with some health issues, which was kind of like a catalyst into, you know, learning more about the food and health connection and just diving deeper into this work. Um, You know, like you're very, um, being in the space and being a beneficiary of, of um, SNAP benefits, you know, like you, you know, have empathy, you know, to, you know, parents and moms who you've been there Mm -hmm. who are feeding, you know, needing to feed their kids, care for themselves and feed their families. So I just love that you come at this from all angles. And I'm just so excited to dive into this (laughs) wonderful, what is going to be a wonderful conversation with you. (laughs) Awesome. So... (laughs) And she looks lovely, by the way. I wish y'all could see her. (laughs) So shall we get started? Um, one of the things I want to kick off with, Juju, is that um, you you witnessed your father successfully manage multiple health conditions through diet and exercise and just want to dive deeper into like how that inspired your passion for the connection between health and food. Yeah. Um, when I was, I was must have been still in high school or a very early adulthood, um, my dad got diagnosed with high blood pressure, and um, he was kind of pre-diabetic and um, high cholesterol. He was overweight, and he smoked. And he joined a program at his job called Mr. Fit. Um, and so then with that program, he started walking. He started talking about the use of herbs for medicine. He started talking about food as medicine. And up until that point, I had never heard of food as medicine. But the more my dad got in, into, involved in it, and, you know, I love my dad. I wanted my dad to be healthy. So I said, well, what can I do to help my father get healthier? So I'd say, come on, Daddy, it's time for our walk. We'd go walking around the track at the school. I started reading cookbooks to find different ways to um, make different meals that they were still delicious because my dad loved to eat. Um, but all, he, that man could eat. But also, you know, things that were going to help him, that are going to help his, his health. Because, my, you know, I felt like my parents were already really old when they had us. They were in their late 30s. So by this time, my dad was in his mid-50s, about probably around the same age I am now. And I was just, um, I just wanted my dad to be okay. Um, my mother also had similar health issues, but she never she never worked on them. She never took it to heart that she had these health issues that were um, really going to impact her in the long run. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I feel you. You want your parents to be healthy. Mm-hmm. They're the ones caring for you. So yeah. let's take care of dad. And let's take care of mom, too. So, mm-hmm. no, thank you for sharing that. Um and I think there, I can't, every, just about every interview that I've done, Juju, and diving into the origins or dive, diving into, like, what is the, the, your why, you know, for, like, really diving into this space. Mm. That's been the majority of these stories, starting with either, like, a health issue that they had personally or starting with their parents or something that's just, like, ran in, like, their bloodline, you mm. know, from high blood pressure to mm. cholesterol, it's like really, honestly, like the story of a black family when it yeah. comes to health. 
Yeah, yeah. And I also realized, like, it didn't have to be my story. Mm. Um, I was at the the pharmacy one day picking up something for my mom and there was a woman in front of me who was picking up seven or eight medications and I was like what is going on in her life that she has to take so much medicine Mm -hmm. and what can I do now to avoid having to do that Um, and I've also I've always been kind of active I love walking hiking I'm not I'm not definitely not an athlete oh god I'm just like (laughs) you don't gotta convince me I'm not (laughs) the gumpiest um but, you know, I love being active gardening. And, you know, also at one point, um, I remember hearing that the three main killers of black women were stress. High, I think it was th- stress, high blood pressure and obesity. Mm. And I was like, OK, I don't have I don't have high blood pressure. I wasn't obese at the time. Um, but I was really incredibly stressed. And I said, how can I get myself out of this? Because this is what's ultimately going to kill me is stress. So just finding different ways to manage myself in addition to the food. That that's a big that first of all, that's a that's a whole nother podcast by itself, Black mm-hmm. Women in Stress. Yep. Yeah. My jaws clenching. Just I mean, it's just <laughs> like a trigger. It's yeah. it's it is. I was just having a conversation with my god sister earlier about it and just what the weight that we bear on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I digress, but also send my love. We do not, and I don't want to be. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I don't want to be. Thank you, Juju. (laughs) I want to dive right, (laughs) right in a whole other topic. Juju, you are a self-taught cook and organic gardener, Um, and so I want to know. We want to know how has this journey shaped your approach to preparing delicious and healthy food? And before you answer that. Been to Juju's house before. I've had the pleasure of being in Juju's home, and it is like this beautiful oasis, like of everything: animals, mm-hmm. love, people, Thank gardens, you. like yeah. all the things. And so, I don't know how much of a vivid picture that painted, but I just needed to say that before Juju jumps into this, oh, yeah. just in case she tries to like minimize anything, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> the health thing is really important to me because, I, you know, back when I was an Oprah groupie, um, I heard it was uh, Maria Shriver was on there. And Oprah said to her, um, you know, your your parents really created the safe space for you. And she said, yes, you know, my parents really said, you know, the world will beat you down. The world is hard. So your house needs to be a place where you can come to as a sanctuary where you can retreat to. So that's always been very, very important to me to create that um, experience, that space and feeling for my friends and my family. It shows. I walked in. I was like, wow, what is this? Love that. (laughs) That. that makes me really, really and happy. It's so fun. Really fun person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but getting to your your question, um, so I grew up in California in Oakland, and part of my sort of experience was going to the farmers markets mm-hmm. in Berkeley and Oakland on the weekends and seeing you know all these beautiful fresh foods. And I didn't really understand, you know, I guess at the time I didn't really think where they were coming from Mm -hmm. because, you know, California is an ag state. Right. Um, But at that time, the, um, what were they calling it? The farm, I hate this word, the farm to table movement. I know. Because food has always gone from the farm to To the the table. table. (laughs) That makes me insane. T-shirt that says that. Yeah. Makes me bonkers. 
But um, but that was like the big thing because that's when um, Alice Waters at Chez Panisse was really talking about California cuisine and eating healthy and fresh food and all this stuff. Um, so I just started kind of looking around at the food scene. Also, that was around the time when like the first organic markets, grocery stores were coming into Berkeley. And I remember going to the grocery store and looking at the food and it didn't look like the food like it's safe. We have Safeway out there. Um, you know, it was it was puckered. It was br not bruised, but it wasn't a uniform size because it, it wasn't manipulated. It was fresh. It was organic yeah. food, yes. like you put a little off a tree. Um, so that was another thing that influenced me. And then uh, my first husband's grandma is uh, was Italian-American. And one day he said, no one can ever cook as well as my Nona. And so I took it on as this sort of personal challenge, this unspoken challenge that I was going to beat his grandmother cooking. Ooh. So I started, you know, Ooh. teaching myself little things right. and learning more about using fresh herbs and growing fresh herbs. Um, my mom was a gardener when I was growing up, but she was what I call a black flag gardener. Mm -hmm. If any of you know black flag. No, uh, please. It's, um, it's a brand of pesticide and herbicides. Oh, okay. And so it had like that spray thing like they have in um, the Adams family when Morticia spray. <laughs> it on her her roses and that's one of my first memories is sitting in the in the sandbox outside and my mom was like four feet away from me spraying her plants with the black flag with a cigarette clenched in her teeth and it's just like Ugh. so I just knew there's got to be a different way to do stuff so just looking to see what what was possible. Mm -hmm. um, also, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a hippie. I am a hippie but like looking like what do the hippies do? They live naturally. And yeah. what does natural mean? Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things I started really looking at. And and the food piece, like, you know, it's not just food. It's like it has to be delicious. It has to, you know. And I mean, really thinking about the way I grew up, one of the things I appreciate so much is that my family had dinner together every night. Mm. Like every night at 5 o'clock, my mom would start making biscuits, biscuit biscuits. And me and my sister, we called it dancing to the egg beater. We'd dance. And then my dad got home at 5.30 and we'd sit down for dinner. And in hindsight, my mother's food wasn't really good. You know, it was filling. Okay. But um, And it's what she knew because my mother also didn't um, – she didn't really get joy from cooking. For her, it was a task, but it was sure. important to her to do it. For her family. But for me, it's the way that I express love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, say that again. Cooking is the way I express love. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so I have a selfish question, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I I'm just I just admire like self-taught cooks. Like I come from a line of amazing cooks. My family is from the South, they're from Mississippi. Like there are I mean, goodness, I'm just trying to like sit down and have them trying to like have them write down their recipes, Juju. And okay. it's the hardest thing for them because mm -hmm. like I don't come from a family that measures things out, mm -hmm. you know, like just how great of cooks they are. Yeah. There's just like just a little a bit of flour, of a pinch of this, a pinch mm -hmm. of that. I'm like, just try to do because I'm really trying to dot. I really want to document if not any, if not for nothing, I want pen to paper mm. that that's what I want. And then, yeah, I want to, you know, try mm. to pick up on some things. But mm. like I always told myself like. I I actually could learn how to like love how to cook love to cook. Mm -hmm. It's just getting in the rhythm of doing it. Okay, because part of me is lazy and don't want to do the shit. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like you know I got to get the cups, the measuring cups, like all that, and I'm just like it's just too much, it's just mm -hmm. too much. But I told myself I said 
I want to just like hone in on like one thing first. Like, can I just perfect like one thing? And one thing that I thought I was going to perfect last summer, didn't even try. Didn't even oh, try, girlfriend. Didn't even try. I just wanted to learn how to make really great salad dressings. Okay. Like, just just try like different, because I love salads. And I feel like salad dressings are so like versatile. Like, you can like put them on just about anything, yeah. you know? Marinate dr- food in it. Yes, rice, potatoes, whatever. And I was just, I feel like if I can like, really hone in and like perfect like salad dressings like I want to do that so selfishly and you don't have to answer this question about salad dressings but I'm just I'm curious like That's funny. like when you to teach yourself how to cook like what what advice would you give me or just anyone who just like wants to learn and like yeah there are you know you have an amazing book that you wrote so like let's let's <laughs> push that out there but like just getting started because mm. then there's part of me that's like, this going to taste like some crap. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just afraid to do it. And I'm like, grab up. <laughs> um, I mean, so this is one of the things. So currently I'm working as a SNAP education manager mm. at the YMCA and teaching classes um, on cooking and managing the other teachers. And one of the things I worked on recently for one of our programs um, and that I'm developing further is a meal planning curriculum. And so people told us, like, I don't cook for myself because I don't even know where to get started. Mm -hmm. So, like, really looking at, like, what is it that stumps people? Is it, like, I can't figure out the recipes? I can't really figure out how much to cook for myself. I don't know how to manage my time so I can get a meal done. I'm too busy to cook. You know, one woman told us, like, I don't cook for myself because I hate cleaning up the kitchen. I mean, listen, I'm, <laughs> I, I hear her on that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's one of the first things is, like, identifying, like, where the the feeling is, where the blockage okay. is. Okay. Yeah. And then also, you know, taking shortcuts if you feel like you need to take a shortcut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you don't want to get in there, like, wash and chop, you know, lettuce or whatever, you can buy the pre-bagged stuff, give it a good rinse anyway, and spin it dry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different, um, what do we call them? There's sort of like little, there are recipes, but there there's a different word for it. For dressings, like this much oil, like this kind of oil, plus this kind of citric, plus mm-hmm. these herbs, mm-hmm. equals salad dressing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. look for the... The easiest way to get in there. And like you said, like perfect one thing and that gives you confidence to keep trying different stuff. Yeah. Um, and another thing too, I realized long ago, which is how I even got into this work, because I used to think if you can read, you can cook. It's just like it's so simple. This Pick it up true. the book and just do exactly what it says. But I realized that, you know, a lot of people just aren't confident about it. And one of the things one of my friends taught me, um, she says, Look, I know the food I eat isn't good for me but if I goof up then I've wasted food and I've wasted money so I just cook the same stuff over and over even though it's bad for me Mm -hmm. so that's how I started doing the cook days was to show people here's a very simple recipe that's cost efficient that's delicious that's the reality you need to come over and cook with me girl I'm there please invite (laughs) me I'll come over anytime (laughs) oh my gosh Thank you. And I think, like, feel the feeling and, like, what is your blockage? I think for me, it's, like, not knowing, like, what pairs well together. Mm. And Mm. it's, like... I'm I'm like the person who said, you know, like you create something, it's it's not great, and then you waste all this money, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, people are like, I can make a mean macaroni and cheese and I can do fried chicken. I want a baby to come in the room and be like, I know how to make salad dressing. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the shortcuts, like you said, you don't know what goes together. It, the simple thing is whatever is ripe at the same time goes together. 
So like right now it's greens and like pears and apple. Uh-huh. That's a salad right there. Okay. In the summertime it's corns and beans and tomatoes. That goes together. So that's the, the easier, faster way to think about it. Like, oh, it's and I'm thinking talking about seasonally. I'm not talking right. necessarily exactly. about what you go into the market and it's like, okay, it's summertime, but there's right. strawberries in the store. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're they've been imported. They're not local. Exactly. But I mean they still taste no, they don't. They don't taste good. <laughs> they don't I probably taste don't. Good. They're Thank red. You for reminding me of that, though. They're like red on the outside, yeah. And eating, on the yeah. What's what's in season? Pairing what's in season, and that's always going to be the best. Like oh. what's in season. So. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right, y'all. Sorry, y'all. I just had to ask that for me. I know some of y'all were wondering as well. (laughs) So, Juju, let me talk about culinary education, um, which is definitely a central theme in your work. um, And you've emphasized its role in expanding food access and community health. How did you come to recognize the importance of culinary education and what experiences or observations led you to this belief? Okay, so for four years, I worked for the Arcadia Center for Sustainable Food and Agriculture on the mobile farmer's market. And my first week out, um, people would come up to the market and kind of look at stuff and like, hmm, and walk away. Because they didn't, some of them didn't recognize what the food was because they were so used to not eating fresh food. Mm -hmm. Um, Just quickly, the mobile market served primarily Ward 7 and 8, where there aren't, you know, easy access to good food, healthy food in in grocery stores. So we were sourcing um, locally from about 150 miles out. And so I said, you know, realize people aren't going to purchase this food if they don't know what it tastes like. You know, if someone says, oh, yeah, kohlrabi is amazing, mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, well, what does it taste like? Because I only have $5. I'm not going to spend it on something I don't know. So I said, it, you have to, you have, you have got you have got to pair culinary education with food access Mm -hmm. because you know like the doctors will say or the usda will say oh you need to eat healthy food healthy food okay first of all yeah get it into the neighborhood get it to people Mm -hmm. but then teach people how to use it because then they will be more likely to introduce those foods to their family so i started doing these cooking demonstrations out at the bus like the bus side because we had a big bus for our mobile market on the street and just showing people very simple things, different little twists that they could do. So, for example, we had Swiss chard, and a lot of our customers didn't know Swiss chard, but they knew collards. And so they would say to me, well, what do you put in there, fat back or something? And I'd say, no, you just put some ginger and garlic and a little bit of soy sauce, mm-hmm. which are flavors that black folks love mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And see, stir fry it, and it's like it's done in less than five minutes. So by giving out these samples, um, showing people how easy it was to cook these meals, then people were more willing to try them. Um, and then I was just, you know, I would just give food away and say, here, take this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you how to tell you how to cook it. Here's recipe come back next week and tell me how it went yeah and so that's one way that was introducing food to people um and then one of the things i noticed too is across the board demographically people just weren't are not confident cooks i mean Mm -hmm. we had the college students around howard Mm -hmm. you know to people who were wealthier to you know people who just um had immigrated here but people just were not comfortable cooks Mm -hmm. confident cooks i should say Two yeah. things come up for me. I myself forget or underestimate like how powerful a piece of ginger 
Ugh. sauteed in your food. It um, like just really brings out a meal. Like, yeah, it's delicious. I mean, in your spinach, like, I mean, just anything I can saute. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I forget. And I'm like, damn, why did I forget this? Like, mm-hmm. it's so good. Number two, you know, you made a very important, you know, statement in that, you know, folks always talk about food access, food access, and like needing to pair culinary education with food access. Mm-hmm. It does... Lee, it 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 brings up the last conversation that I had with LaMonica Jones, okay. um, mm-hmm. which was a great conversation because she really just opened my eyes up to looking at, you know, I mean, we always talk about like the holistic food system, but I mean, she's talking about every yeah. spoke she in the wheel. She threw it down. She that was broke a great it interview. Yeah, down. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah broke and it down. just I it down. like thinking about yes, there's food access. And she's like, you need someone to like teach them like what to do with it. Mm -hmm. But then also like, do people have like a safe space or a space at all to like cook Mm -hmm. the food? So just all those things Mm -hmm. come up for me. And so I'm just glad because it it can turn into a thing of like, you just need access. You just need to get healthy food. And then Mm -hmm. what? Yeah. And then what? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Or people have limited space. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know mm-hmm. people who live in apartments, very tiny little kitchens. They can't store a whole lot mm-hmm. of stuff. Exactly. You know? Or like the, you know, the food access part. They might be in a, you know, in a place where things aren't functioning well because mm-hmm. you know some folks aren't putting money into making places safe for people to live. Right. You know, so right. there's a lot of things. But I mean, my piece is culinary education because the mm-hmm. food system is so big. It's the part where mm-hmm. I feel like my niche is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It is. One of the things that I did not mention in your introduction, Juju, is that you're also a doula. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you still do doula work currently, but a doula is a doula. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I know just the importance of, you know, of, you know, educating community, but also with an emphasis on moms mm-hmm. and feeding their their kids and yeah. making sure that they have they have the tools and resources and the confidence to be able to feed their families, mm-hmm. which is so important to you and someone who's been in a position where you needed to be the recipient or mm-hmm. beneficiary of benefits. Yeah. Um I, I just work wanna... with both of my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just I just wanna, you know, just just Talk there for a minute and also just knowing, you know, postpartum nutrition are areas that you specifically address Mm -hmm. um, in your community cooking classes. Um, What advice do you have or would you have for new mothers when it comes to maintaining a healthy diet during this crucial period in their lives, you know, and not just once, but multiple times Mm -hmm. potentially? So, yeah, Um, I think one of the First things is, you know, have a really sound support system. Mm-hmm. I was really fortunate that I met with um, a bunch of awesome women in the Mocha Moms group, which is a, a national program for stay-at-home mothers of color. Mm. So they were my girls. They had my back. Um, so that was crucial, having the support. Of course, you know, my husband was there. and My mom, mm-hmm. my mother let us live with her, which is how she helped us because we didn't agree on child rearing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But one of the things is, like, ahead of time, you know, prepare and freeze meals, even if they're just in small portions. Because mm-hmm. if you're nursing or not even even if you're not nursing, you're going to need to eat often throughout the day to keep your energy up. You know, set up a, a nursing station for yourself that has snacks and water 
readily available. If you've got kids, um, little kids, because, you know, you, some people have, they got, what do they call them, a lap baby and a knee baby, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, the little ones are going to need to eat. So, you know, be sure and think about the, the snacks for them because that's one less thing that you have to think about. Put those in a, in a place where it's accessible to them, but, you know, they, they won't get hurt. Um, if you have friends or you were in a, in a, a mom's group, set up a meal train. Um, they have all kinds of apps for it. But, you know, ask your friends like, hey, I'm going to need some meals. Would you mind bringing me a meal? I mean, like if you got a best girlfriend or whatever, um, you know, they can set it up for you. But, you know, for at least two or three weeks, because especially mm -hmm. around here, a lot of people are not natives yeah. to D.C. They mm -hmm. don't have their families locally. Right. Um, you know, sometimes the, the mom, you know, the mom or the mother-in-law will breeze through or whatever. But then, you know, the, the exhaustion sets in around five or six weeks mm -hmm. i mean for, for me i had really bad postpartum doula uh postpartum depression mm -hmm. which is one reason i really focus on postpartum yeah. um, nutrition and i mean as much as i know about food i wasn't eating enough for myself and i was nursing i don't like to say on demand i was nursing on request but i realized you know i'm not even eating enough for a non-nursing woman um and wow. your needs for nutrition go up Postpartum, right? especially if you're right? nursing, they're, they're even greater than when you're growing the baby. Then you're feeding the baby from your body. Um, and then maybe, you know, taking care of littles and managing your house, going back to work, whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, try to set up that support system and a, and a meal plan, some sort of eating plan. Mm -hmm. Get your friends, like, for baby showers. Yeah, you know, onesies are cute, but the kids outgrow those things. Mm -hmm. Get your friends to, like, give you $20, you know, meal, um, what do they call those things? Like, meal tickets for mm -hmm. restaurants. Mm -hmm. What are those things called? Uh, gift certificates. Gift certificates. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so you can <laughs> order that and, you know, mm -hmm. rock on Uber Eats for a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but make it easier for yourself because it is really a wearing time. It's wonderful, but it's also, it just kicks your butt, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, do you still do doula work? I haven't you... done it recently. Okay. Um, like, well, I've done postpartum doula work this year. Um, mm -hmm. There's a family that I nannied for during COVID. Okay. And they moved to California. Mm -hmm. So um, they just had a baby um, last December. So I went out to California for a few weeks and stayed with them and helped out, you know, because she was just so tired. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, I'm here. I can get up with the baby. You know, mm -hmm. I can rock him. You know, you nurse him. I'll pick him up. I'll walk him. So, Aww. yeah, I, I love that. You know, I'm, I'm Nana to the world. It's yes. not just the mom. It's yes. just like, yes. you know, I'm Nana the whole family. Oh, my God. Well, uh, Ju Juliet Harris, affectionately known as Juju Nana Rocks, okay? <laughs> let's get it right. <laughs> Juju, let's talk about your cookbook. Which is on its third edition, yeah, is that I'm, correct? Right. I am working on the third edition, um, and I'm including the meal planning piece mm -hmm. because I you know, realize that's such a crucial part of what is holding people up. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to have that next edition out by mid-January. Um, the second edition is still available, but, you know, just wait for the third edition because it, <laughs> yep, it'll just be fuller because it has meal planning. It has um, ways to set up a pantry. It's mm -hmm. got a whole bunch. Of, I, I have the second edition here to show you. I'm glad you did because um, I forgot to bring mine. I mean, Good. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So, yeah. So it's um, just going to develop. And then. 
One of the things my son suggested is that since the cookbook doesn't have pictures, um, and I made it that way intentionally because it's easier, it's less expensive to produce mm -hmm. if there's no pictures. And one of my hopes is that it gets picked up by a nonprofit or a larger entity. Let's put it out there. Put it out there, putting it Listen, out there. So they gets picked up and distributed as part of that culinary education paired with the food access in our region or anywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. um, but my son had a good idea about um, having a QR code that people could scan, which will take them to pictures of the recipe when it's done. Neat idea. That's a good Absolutely. idea. Yeah. So I'm working on my food photography skills. Um, and when I did the original cookbook for, um, it's based, um, off the, uh, Arcadia cookbook that I did, which paired Wix staples with fresh produce. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I left Arcadia, I took my book and expanded it, in, um, into this current form, sort of also combined with my workshop, Eating Well on a Budget in D.C. Okay. That I do at Rooting D.C. Um, in that cookbook, I want, that does have pictures and it's out of print, um, it does have pictures of the vegetables because I wanted people to see what the vegetables look like. Yeah, so when course. they go to the farmer's market, you know, they really know what they're looking for or that there's other varieties. Lettuce isn't just, you know, iceberg lettuce. Y'all, mm -hmm. there's more than just iceberg lettuce, y'all. <laughs> no judgment. Please don't put, well, it depends, but yeah, I pass you know, some place, iceberg. But, yeah. you know, I mean, Garlicky kale salad. Black bean salad, yeah, sesame green beans, beet greens with white beans and bacon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. I love unstuffed Swiss chard or cabbage. And the thing that I love about, which I, I have a copy of this, the thing that I also like about the book is that even the titles seem just so simple, which gives me confidence to like, like, okay, like, I know those words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know what those things are, mm -hmm. you know? And so I appreciate that. Chicken or vegetable curry. I love a curry, y'all. Yeah. I love a good curry. And I, yeah, I did the, the cookbook, um, you know, very oh. conscientious conscientiously, consciously like this, because I wanted it to be interesting for people who knew how to cook or like, oh, look, new recipes, mm -hmm. but also simple enough that people who weren't confident cooks could say, oh, I could do this. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to take a lot of time and it's not going to cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, this is, y'all, this is good. This is going to be my go-to. Spicy cilantro chutney. See, if I can oh, get yummy. some sauces mm. and some, some salad dressings now, Juju, you about to turn me into, listen, I'll be walking in like, this is what I can do. This is awesome. I do want to chat about, I know that you did a um, taste of African heritage cooking mm -hmm. class. Yeah. Let's talk on it. That yeah. sounds yummy. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, so the uh, taste of African heritage is a curriculum that was developed by Old Ways, which is an organization that um, thinks and believes that traditional diets are healthier. So the African Heritage Diet Pyramid has the base of, um, well, it's community, act, uh, an active lifestyle, um, being out in nature, trying to eat the best possible thing you can. And then as you go up the pyramid, the bases are greens, grains, um, fruits and vegetables, and tubers, and mashes um, with sugar a little not even really in there. It, well, sugar is in there in the form of fresh fruit. It's not oh, like, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. it's not like cookies. Um, and then fish and meat on a much lesser scale. And the Old Ways curriculum, um, this particular one, is a plant-based six-week um, course. 
I taught at the Anthony Bowen Kitchen um, here cool. in Northwest, as well as t- uh, I taught a virtual class from my own kitchen. Um, and so it was, it was just one of the best things I've ever done. I had such a good time with it. Um, you know, my students would come to class. We'd, we'd have a little conversation about the focus for the week because each week there's a, a different focus. Um, so like for greens, for example, we talked about all the different kinds of greens we ate. And a lot of people said the only way I've ever had greens was, yeah, like with fat back or smoked turkey in it or something. So one of the recipes we did was the old ways um, uh, collards and then we did coconut collards and we did like a mixture of dandelion greens and people just lost their minds over sweet potato green uh, sweet potato leaves which I had never seen before I came out here yeah and saw them at a farmer's market mm-hmm. and so we got those and stir fried them with garlic and ginger and um and we we talk about the different um the health impacts of them because old ways also really focuses on the benefits mm-hmm. of these diets. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, please check out their website because they have pages and pages of these um, scientific studies about the benefits of their diets. Yeah. And uh, we talk a little bit about the different regions of the dia- African diaspora where the food has been spread about. Um, and then we would cook together and usually do, you know, three or four different dishes um, took maybe about 45 minutes to cook together, and then we'd sit d- down and have a meal and talk. And for me, that was a part. I, lo- I love the, the teaching part, but, like, having people to share the meal with because, you know, the community is so important. And people are have been really disconnected from, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is still lingering effects of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um and then in my virtual class, some people would cook along with me because I'd send the recipe ahead of time to give them time to get their groceries. And I, that was super cool because I had people doing it with their children. And the kids were just as excited as the adults. Um, and then afterwards, people were sending me pictures of what they ate and like, Aww. oh, you know, we ate this and I loved it so much. We cooked it again. Or you really helped me with my meal prepping. And I take my meal. My Kristen Reddick, who was in expected. Oh, Yes. Yeah, he's awesome. He's yes. so cool. That's my brother. Um, yeah, he's awesome. So he's like, yeah, you know, my my coworkers are like, dude, where'd you get that? I'm like, I made this in <laughs> class, you know. So it was just, it was really fantastic. And one of the cool things was like, I want to do this for myself. Mm-hmm. So I really um, took on that way of eating. I ate primarily a plant-based diet while I was cooking, especially the first session, plant-based. And I started feeling really good. I had much more energy, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm not like a big sweets eater, but I just stopped like craving like a little bit of kick of sugar or something mm-hmm. in the afternoons. And then I went to... um to Belgium and Italy for a month in May and ate primarily cheese, bread, and worst. And, and beer, delicious beer. But I started feeling very sluggish. I could really feel my metabolism yeah. slowing down. Yeah. Um, and then when I came back and picked up the African heritage diet again, I started feeling fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really great. So that wow. class will be offered again. Um, and then we c- I can give you the link on the website. Please do. Yeah. We got to put that on the podcast. registration's open already. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We got to put that on the po- under the podcast description. So you guys look out for that when the episode drops. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, speaking of more like cooking classes and food demos, mm-hmm. I know that you partnered with another edible activist alum, mm-hmm. Brandon of yeah. the People's DMV. He's great. <laughs> guy. So proud of I him. I remember seeing a video of you and I was like, that's you. 
you. I think I even commented on you too. I was so excited to see yeah, see you great. all partner and and everything. What was it? Was it a pie? Was it a crumble? Was it a peach? Oh yeah, I did the, the fruit crumble when yes. I was in Italy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh! Yeah. Oh my Perfect. goodness! Mm-hmm. Yay! That's super yeah. exciting. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, we met through a mutual friend, um, mm-hmm. but he uh, um. Oh, actually, that's a person to interview. But uh, <laughs> Bahia Parks, um, who is a flower farmer, and Brandon was out there talking to another farmer where she farms about, you know, being able to source from her and talking to Bahia about this idea. And, and you know, Bahia said, well, that's really cool, but what are you doing for culinary education? Mm. Because that's got to be part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Just like I said, you know, you can do the food access, but people want to know what they're cooking or how to cook right. it. So, yeah, Brandon and I got on the phone and had a really great conversation um he came over my house last year in february mm-hmm. and we filmed um the collaboration of me doing my my signature dish is the um the kale salad mm-hmm. and t- and him talking about all the things he was going to offer and then that first year of his subscription everyone got a, a copy of the cookbook with their subscription Ooh, yeah. oh how beautiful yeah but how beautiful great. and mm-hmm. i've met bahia oh Yes, oh, she's more fantastic. recently ah. they there was a um a black farm tour, Gurian farm tour ah. that was yeah phenomenal. Yeah, I missed that. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! And she was one of the the farms, her along with Doctor Min yeah. that share that space up there. Mm-hmm. And she sweet spirit. I can't wait. I know that she she does a whole sabbatical, and I'm just so happy that girl for her. Is gone. Yes, <laughs> out of here. She's just like yeah. all right, yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> See y'all next season. And I love it and I respect it. And I, I want everybody in this space to to get some rest. Uh, but Juju, you're going on war, world tours and everything here. Like, you know, we're going to round. We're just going to, we're going to, you know, conclude in just a few moments. But like, what what's up next? Like, I want to, I want to get in the kitchen with you. Hell, you can come over my place and mess up my kitchen. But like, you know, as I said, like when I was doing your intro, you know, like you're a traveler and mm-hmm. you got some travels coming up, I do. you know, some other things that, you know, in, in the, in this space of like food, you know, there are mm-hmm. other things that you're passionate about. And I know traveling and seeing the world is one of those. Yeah. So let's, sure. if you don't mind sharing a bit about yeah. what your next, where, where the roads lead oh, to yes. next. <laughs> I am counting down the weeks ready to launch. Um, so yeah, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to travel. I mean, all I was thinking about this recently. All my games were about going somewhere. So like, oh, we're in a wagon train and we're going across the United States or we just built this boat out of this log and we're going to travel across the ocean or like once I saw Star Trek was about like beaming from one place to another. And when I was younger, I just never took the time, the opportunity to go around the world. I just, you know, kind of got into my life, got married and just started doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, my this, this current husband, um, before we got married, I told him, look, you know, I never did that running around when I was younger. And I have to do that at some point in my life. I have got to. It's just I can't let that go. Mm-hmm. And so when that time comes, it won't mean that I don't love you. It doesn't mean I need a divorce. It just means it's time to go. So COVID happened. My mom's health declined. So that put the brakes on it for a minute. Um, But the last three years, I've gone to Italy and um, I've done work away and trusted house sitting and had a fantastic time. And now I'm just ready to go for a longer time. I just feel like while this body is still 
strong. You know, and most of my mind and, is here. Yeah. You know, I see mm-hmm. and hear. I just want to get out and see the world. I mean, you know, right now I really feel like the world is on fire. It's it like it's crazy. But before the world burns, I want to see it. And there are good yeah. people out there. there and I've, are. I've met enough people to know that no matter where I go, people are basically the same. They just have maybe little different ways of doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just decided to do my retirement early. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, first it. when I first started this job, I was like, I could see being here for seven years. And I was like, I could see being here for three to five years. And I'm like, you know what? I have to go to Italy next year. <laughs> uh, yeah. So just, you know, I got, got, you know, wild hair. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to take off and start going. Mm -hmm. So um, starting uh, next month, I'll be in London for a month doing a house set. Mm -hmm. Then I will be doing a work away as a nanny for um, three weeks, um, the other side of London. Then I am going to Scotland for three weeks. Then... um, Oh, then I'm going to Budapest because I found out Budapest is the spa capital of Europe. So you can get, you know, fairly inexpensive flights from um, England to Budapest. Wow. So one of my girlfriends is going to meet me and we're going to do like four or five days of spying in Budapest. Yeah, pretty cool. Y'all are living um, happy like y'all when I grow up. <laughs> and then um, then I'm going to Switzerland for a month where I'll be doing some gardening um, for a couple who has a yoga retreat center. And then I'm going to Italy to see my friends that I met three years ago when I woofed at the goat farm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go help them on their farm for a couple of weeks. Then we're going to go to the beach for a week. Then I'm going to... Um, Find another work away. Um, I just saw another work away uh, doing like sustainable gardening, helping these people get a farm started. And I love Italy. I've wanted to go there since I was a kid. So now that's my second home. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, I will go to Albania for two months to work at a yoga retreat center. And then I'll go to Turkey for a month. Then I will go back to Italy for a month. Then I'll go to Greece for a month and then I'll go to Portugal for a month and then I will possibly and most likely probably go to Mozambique and see what comes after. Where can I meet you? At which what, <laughs> what, what stop did I just say ding? Open the door and here's Melly Mel with her bags. Oh. Switzerland sounds great. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I mean, with work away, you know, you do four to five hours of work in exchange mm-hmm. for room and board. It's unpaid, but you know, what costs the most money when you're traveling is a place to live and the mm-hmm. food you eat. That is so true. Um, and also, like, I'm interested in how people live. I don't want to just be someplace and kind of skim the surface as a tourist. Yeah. I want to be there and find out how people live and pick up the language and the rhythms. Um, and this mm. time it was really important to me that places were had yoga or meditation that was part of either where the place was or it was part of the family that I stayed with. Because that's just part of me wanting to just age well. You know, I'm a, I'm croning. Mm. And so and I saw a thing that said, yeah, everyone has to age, but you don't have to rot. So I want to be strong right up to the moment that I decide it's time for me to drop dead. Juju, I when I tell y'all I love Juju, I love I love I love Juju. I love you, Juju. I love you. And you know what? You said that this world is on fire and before it burns down, you want to see it. And mm-hmm. there are good people in this world. And there's some people who are uh, but you know what? The love that you're gonna carry to each of these places, they need that. 
Oh, Everybody you. needs a little bit. Just it's love. It's listen. My therapist says there's it's love and fear. That's it. Mm. That's it. That's all it is. I believe that's all it is. Those are the two energies: love and fear. Doctor Min says it all the time. That's my acupuncture is love and fear. Mm. Needs more. Like you're gonna meet these people. You know, some that might be touch of you, just a touch of love. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be shedding all, sharing all that during yeah. your travels. That sounds so amazing. I'm so, I'm so proud of you. I'm so excited. And- yeah. And then you're going to come back and you're going to tell us about all about your travels, all the culinary like excursions, like everything. Yeah, And that's actually one of the things part of one of the places I want to go to is a restaurant where I ate at a lot last year when I was in Italy. Mm -hmm. I helped them write their workaway profile. So I emailed them and said, hey, can I come work at the restaurant for a week or two? Because I'll learn real Italian cooking from a nonna and be immersed in Italian language. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Right? Mm. Y'all email me. I'll tell you how it's done. It's fabulous. This is um, all up in my heart. I yeah. love it. I love it. But then also I have been thinking about, like, you know, the post-trip piece. Um, I, I do know traveling is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But my passion is food access mm-hmm. and, and culinary education education Mm -hmm. so I do want to come back and do some work um in this field and then also do postpartum dueling so that might just be what I do like kind of ping pong come back for six months you know do that and then split yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and then split (laughs) Marilyn is not gonna hold these bones Mm -mm. no no you are this has been so inspiring and I'm like, yo, Melissa, like, what, what do you, like, girlfriend, like, what? <laughs> Y'all, this is Juju. I told you this is going to be a phenomenal <laughs> episode. Amazing. And so much more that we can talk about. But I thank you so much for gracing this space, Juju. Oh, I've always had the me. utmost this respect for fun. you and have been just admire your work. And I've never forgotten like our partnerships and our time together. And so it just whenever I see you see your name, it just brings me joy. Oh. Juju, we're like Juju. You know you're like known in this space, right? Yeah. It's like Juju, that's yeah. Juju. Juju. <laughs> Juju. Yes. I'm yes. really happy. Just I mean, the thing that makes me the most happy is knowing that the work I do impacts people in a positive way. Because I've met my students students from years ago who say, you know, oh, I'm still making that Swiss chart like you taught me or I'm making those black bean patties that you did at Rooting D.C. Mm -hmm. Um, One class I did was at the Developing Family Center and was teaching people how to shop. We took them into the grocery store and showed them how to shop, compare unit prices. Mm -hmm. That's a piece a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. And so a year later, I was there and I met one of my students and she grabbed me by my arm and dragged me over to her cart and said, Miss Juju, I remember everything you said. Come look at my cart. And so that made me so happy that that last year she'd been doing that for her family, like yeah. improving their health just by making different choices in the grocery store. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it makes it means the oh world to me. Oh, my goodness. Y'all see that impact. Impact. The little things are big things. They yeah. are. They are. Juju, before we round out... One, our finale question that I ask every single guest on this show. Hmm. What is one edible act that anybody can do, take, conquer, whatever that is hmm. um, in this space in regards to culinary education, teaching yourself how to cook? Like what's hmm. just one edible act that someone can take right now after listening to you and all your good wisdom on this show? Oh, I'm sweet. Um, 
I, I really believe in connection and kindness. I mean, mm-hmm. I have a sign on my door that says proceed with kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sharing a meal and sharing space with someone, I think is such a powerful thing. And even if it's just like, here, here's half a sandwich, but sit with me and let's talk. So like my, my thing would be like, invite someone to have a, a cup of coffee and like really look at them, you know, don't look at your phone when you're talking to mm-hmm. them. Like just, just spend time with somebody mm-hmm. and make a connection over anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and food doesn't have to be amazing to have love imbued in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned in the cookbook, um, at, postpartum one of my girlfriends brought me it was black beans and rice Mm -hmm. but the way it was presented I knew she had taken care to put it in there with love Mm. so just you know share something with somebody with love Mm -hmm. I love that y'all Juju gifted me beeswax candles (laughs) and they smell like love (laughs) that's cool and I know they are love yeah and I think our hives Juju, if people want to connect with you, if they want to purchase your book, if they want to keep up with the, the third edition, all the great things, how can they reach out? How can they stay connected? Yeah, so my website is www.nanajujurocksfood.com. You'll find some recipes on there. You'll find my story about how I got into culinary education, um, just little blog posts that I put. Um, I'm going to put a link on there to my travel blog because mm-hmm. people will want to follow me. And when I find new foods to eat or, and cook, I'll put those on there too. Um, but if you're interested in um, emailing me, my email is Harris Juliet D. J-U-L-I-E-T, like tiger, D like dinosaur, at gmail.com. Awesome. And you can always connect with me on Instagram if you want to connect with Juju. Yeah. I will make the connection. Yeah. Instagram, I'm Nana Juju's Gardens. You heard it. You heard it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Juju, thank you so much again. Thank you. It's you are such great. a lovely soul. Thank I appreciate you, you so you much. Thank you for having me. Yes. And so um, you all, you can find this episode on ep- episode, hell y'all, <laughs> episode, episode on iTunes Spotify, and Spotify um, and full service radio. So um, until then, peace y'all. Peace. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. You can catch today's episode on iTunes, Spotify, and Simplecast. And be sure to follow us at Food Talks in Color. That's just the letter N on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And did you know we are on Patreon? This is a way for you to take action and support our mission of amplifying BIPOC voices on the Edible Activist podcast. Visit patreon.com backslash food talks in color to learn more. Peace and blessings. And remember, in the great words of Baba Tariq Adunu, there is no culture without agriculture. <laughs>